for opening him for this Holy Trinity Sunday, June the 7th, 2020, is hymn number 414. Chapter 28, reading from verse 16 to verse 20. 
Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Father, we thank you for your word, for your blessing, which is already attached to your word. We invoke your presence on this broadcast, that your anointing will penetrate every heart who will listen, and that we will become submissive to your perfect will. Thank you for unction to speak, and give us graceful, grateful hearts to, to listen and to hear, and a will to obey in Jesus' most holy name. Amen. Welcome this afternoon to our broadcast. I want to as we look into this text this afternoon, what comes to mind immediately is the Great Commission. In Matthew chapter 28, these are the last words of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is fresh from the resurrection and he appeared to those 11, some worshiped and some doubted. And it's proven that the final words of a person, an individual, whether in life or departing in death, is always the most critical and the most important words to those for whom it was given and was spoken. So these disciples, they are in a state of sadness and ecstasy at the same time because the resurrected Christ is risen. The Lord is risen and he appears to them and here he is going to give out the Great Commission. So these words ring true to those disciples, those 11 disciples, as they were spoken by the resurrected Christ. And there are four things that I looked at while preparing this message. And um, the first one we see notice is that the Lord Jesus said, as he appeared to them, some doubted, he said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth, go ye therefore into all nations, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm going to be with you always, even unto the end of the age. So the first thing that springs to mind here from the scriptures that come from the Word of God is we see the power of God in the Great Commission. So we're told that the Father, as Jesus rose from the dead, God the Father delegated all authority in heaven and in earth in the Son. So the Apostle Paul, as he picked up on that in Colossians, Paul says about Jesus that in him consists, he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So in Jesus dwelt the fullness of the Godhead, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they were all one in this one person called Jesus Christ. So he could say with that authority given to him by the Father, he could say to those disciples 
as a result of the authority given to me by my Father who is in heaven and on earth, all authority or all power has been given unto me both in heaven and in earth. Now you can go and proclaim the gospel. Now you, the church, you go and represent me in a, in a world filled with unbelief. Now, as a result of this power, I am delegating this power to you. Now, what springs to mind as Jesus spoke these words was the fact that he did not send the disciples into a world of unbelief, into a world of darkness, into a world of religion, not having power. They did not go as a weak church, but they went as a people united with the Holy Spirit. And that's why he would say, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And then you shall be witnesses unto me, both in, in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So we see the role that God's power played in the lives of the early church. They were gifted with specific powers. They were gifted with the anointing. The Holy Spirit was in them. And the Holy Spirit gave them gifts to function and equipped them with the power that they would go and fulfill that great commission. And we are told that in the, at the end of Acts in chapter 28, the whole book of Acts, it says, after two years, the entire Asia Minor heard the word of God. So the gospel was proclaimed and preached. In just two years, the whole of Asia Minor heard the preaching of the word of God. In other words, everybody heard about the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because of the power that was in the church. It was the delegated power that the resurrected Christ had given unto those 11 men. These 11 men were timid. These 11 men, they were afraid. These 11 men were hiding. But when Jesus appeared to them, is resurrected form and glory and he said now all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth and now i give you that same power you now go and in john chapter 20 we're told that, that, that he said uh, he said as the father sent me even so send i you so what he's saying as the father sent me with authority and power so i'm also sending you with authority and power number one to defeat the enemy, to defeat the our enemy of the church, who Satan Lucifer. I send you with that power in your hands to transform men from darkness into light. I send you with that power to proclaim. I give you the power and the boldness and the courage to stand up in the face of opposition. And yes, they had a whole lot of oppositions in their lives. So we see the power of God in the Great Commission. What does it mean for us? It simply means that if the early church needed power, if Jesus Christ gave those 11 men the power to start the church, then we need that exact power, that same power who is with us today. Nothing has changed. That same power, the Holy Spirit, he's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. Pentecost came and it baptized those 120 and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and the church was formed. So if they needed God's power to live in that century, in the first century, then you and I need God's power in the 21st century as we're going to see the church climax. 
And if the church started in power, then it's going to finish in power. So we see God's power. I mean, see the need for power today in the life of the church. We are told that when the Spirit of God comes upon us and, and in us, He gives us courage in the face of fear and panic, in the, in, in the face of adversity, in the face of persecution. Down through the centuries, men and women of God stood firm in their faith and conviction even unto death. God's power in the Great Commission. Number two, we see God's, God's program in the Great Commission. God's program in the Great Commission. God was never out or without a program. In the Old Testament, God's program was that he was dealing with the Jewish people. He was dealing with the Hebrew people. So all in the Old Testament, all the prophets were Jews. They were Hebrews. And they ministered. He was calling the people of God through the prophets and the priests. He was calling them to repentance. He was preparing a people through whom the Messiah was going to come back. Basically, he was redeeming Israel from sin and redeeming them from bondage and apostasy so he can prepare Israel as a group, as a people through whom the Messiah was going to come and whom the Messiah did come through Mary and her husband Joseph. So we see God's program in the Great Commission. Now what is God? What was God's program in the Great Commission? The program was to make disciples of all nations. And the word nations there come from the Greek word ethnos, from, from, from where we get the English word ethnicity, ethnic groups. So he's not talking about nations as in America and Japan and China, only he's talking about nation groups. He's talking about tribes, people's groups. So basically what he's saying is that in the program of God, you are commissioned to go and make disciples. Now, now there's a word that is missed there oftentimes, that is go. The word go is, 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 is right at the start of the commission, go. So it's imperative. It implies that this thing is imperative, it's a must. It's not an option, it's not a choice, it's not, it's a mandate that Jesus gave to the early church and they obey that mandate. Go. That same statement rings true to us today because as he spoke to the 11, he's also talking to the church. So the program of God in the Great Commission, it was to make disciples of all nations. It's to bring people from darkness into light and to teach them the ways of Christ, to teach them the ways of God. Did the early church do that? Absolutely, because they were first, they were first called Christians in Acts chapter 11. In Antioch, in the place where the enemies were, it was the enemy who said they were first, they were first called Christians. So the early church obeyed that command and they looked like Jesus, they behaved like Jesus Christ. So they called them Christians, Christ-like people. So that program was twofold. It was local in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then it was also global because in Acts chapter 1, the commission was in Acts chapter 1 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and then you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So what he's saying, before you go, before we go, we need to be filled with the power of God, the Spirit of God. Before we do anything for God, we must be a part of God's program. Or if we go to be a part of the program of God, the exact 
way and fashion and form that the early church needed the Holy Spirit in their lives to fulfill the mandate of God and His Son, then you and I also need to be a part of that program. That is to, to, to localize as we are we are in local in, in basically we are in localities. Where we are placed, that's where God places us. Now I know we are in a shutdown, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that we are on vacation because we are not assembled together. It means that wherever we are in our homes, on the streets, on the supermarkets, you and I never cease to be witnesses. You and I never cease to be a part of the program of God because wherever souls are, that's where the program of God is executed and the program of God is manifested. So we see not only the power of God, but we see that God's program, go and make disciples. Down through the centuries, the church has been sidetracked into many things and to many forms and passions. Forgetting the one great commission, and that great commission is to evangelize. That great commission is to make disciples of all nations, of ethnic groups, of people around us. So you and I have the world right here and in, in, our, in our gathering in Toronto, we have the world. We have the world right here in Canada because it's a melting pot where cultures come and cultures clash. So we have the opportunity, like the fourth-century church, and they travel to declare and share, preach, teach, and baptize and share Jesus Christ to, to the dying world. So we see the program of God in the Great Commission. Then globally, all nations. Number two, all nations. Go into all the world and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So it's not just a, a, a local commission, it's a global commission. The 21st century have seen the breakthrough of technology. And this crisis that has been created has produced a number of home churches. This crisis, many Christians are away in their homes. Many pastors never, never before used the media. Now they are used. Almost every pastor I know, they are preaching from their home and their sanctuaries because we have to deal with the hand we have. And so the hand we have right now is that we can assemble more than five people. So what we're going to do? We're going to make use the best of a bad situation. We're going to turn a bad situation into a good situation. We're going to turn a bad situation into a good situation by proclaiming the gospel through technology throughout the world on the internet where business people are looking every day where those who trade are looking every day everybody now is going to the internet so we have this opportunity to globally evangelize our world and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ in the power of the Spirit. And so we don't know who we are reaching on Sunday morning when we go on internet land and speak the word of God. So we see that the mission is to evangelize, make disciples, and the method is baptized. He said, after they have been preached to, after they have been taught, discipled, he said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus Christ introduces the concept of the Trinity. Here, here he gives credence to it, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, or, or upon the authority of the triune God, you are proclaiming me. You are proclaiming the authority of God. You are proclaiming the gospel not by your own might and not by your own brilliance or intelligence 
but upon the authority of the triune God who stand behind us in the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, in essence, the gospel of truth. That we see the purpose of God in the Great Commission. He said, and the purpose of God is what? The purpose of God is to be witnesses. That's the purpose of God in the church. God has just one purpose, and that we survive, we live today. The early church lived to proclaim the gospel. The early church lived to preach the gospel. We see evidence that in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth baptized shall be saved. He who believeth not shall be down. Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all nations before the end come. So what, what's the purpose of the God of the Great Commission of God in the Great Commission? And that purpose is to be a witness unto Jesus Christ. Is to witness, is to testify what we have seen, is to testify what we have heard, is to proclaim. Now we were not there when Christ was alive in person, but, but as we believe the gospel that came down from the Apostolic Church, and we were saved, and we accept His death and resurrection as final, and in His ascension to glory, and His coming again. When we, the church, stand, and when we, we ministers stand, and when we, the lay people, stand to proclaim Jesus Christ as King of Kings and Lord of Lords and Savior of all mankind, we are being witnesses unto all nations. So when they stand before God, there will be no excuses. In that day of reckoning and in that day of judgment. So we cannot be sidetracked as to what our real purpose is as a church. It is not a social gathering. It is not, it is not a university. The church of Jesus Christ is the mystical body of Christ who is formed by the Holy Spirit and we are baptized into Christ by the Holy Spirit and in water baptism. We are a very special people. We play an important part in the, in the program of God towards the end. So we cannot be sidetracked from God's purpose. And in closing, we see the presence of God in the Great Commission. Because he said, after you have done these things, or, or while you are doing, while you are preaching, while you are teaching, while you are baptizing, while you are making disciples, in the midst of that, he says, I, Jesus, shall be with you always, even unto the end of the age. So while we are doing the program of God, while we are manifesting the power of God, while we are executing the purpose of God, he says, I stand behind you. So Mark chapter 16, verse 20 says, And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. The Lord was with them. He stood behind them in the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is not here physically, but when he went back to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit permanently to dwell in the church. So you and I become the temples of the living God. And so God is with us in his spirit and by his spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of Christ. Because he's taking the place of Jesus as if he was here. And oh my friends, if, G, if the early church needed the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
how much more you and I in these last and closing days, in these days of fear and panic, in these days of great distress, we need the presence of God, even as we face the 21st century and look for his coming again. The Great Commission. Let us not forget as a church who we are, our purpose here, and the power we have, and the presence we have in our lives because of Jesus who promised that he's going to be with us. Let us bow our hearts in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for reminding us this afternoon that authority and power have been given unto your son Jesus in heaven and in earth. We thank you for reminding us that our purpose is to be witnesses unto you. We thank you for reminding us that your presence will never leave us. We thank you for reminding us, Lord, that, that your power is always with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we pray today that we submit to your authority and we submit to the Lordship of your Son, Jesus Christ, that your ministry would blossom and grow. We pray for the church. We pray for all our pastors across Canada, in the Catholic congregations, Lord, across this nation. We pray for the president. We pray for all the leadership of the church. You will strengthen us and bind us together and bond us together in this time of, of great uncertainty, in this time we have never seen before and will never see after again. Father, we pray that you will convince us. We pray that the Spirit of God will rise up in us, that we will take our rightful position in the earth to become salt and light in the midst of a decaying and a dark world. Lord, I lift our shut-ins today. I lift our seniors today. Lord, we're hearing the stories of seniors dying in nursing homes. We pray for divine protection and grace among those, upon those who are kept, Lord, who live in the nursing homes. We pray for Sister Rajpati and, and Rani and Peter, and we pray for our seniors, even in their homes and in their buildings, that you will keep them safe where we cannot go, that your presence, which is promised, shall be with them and dwell with them and comfort and protect them, that the plague shall not come near their dwelling. Father, today we pray, Lord, for the family of, 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 of that young man who was killed, Floyd, George. Father, we pray that your hands will touch the family and strengthen them. And God, we have seen the escalation of violence across America in cities. And we pray that your peace will prevail. That in the midst of protests and in the quest for social justice, Father, we pray that through the eyes of the Holy Spirit, that we would see people not from the color of our skin, but for the content of our character, and that the cross would be applied today where there was looting and shooting and violence. We pray, God, that out of this, Father, that healing would begin to take place in, the, in America and Canada, and that the root of racism, the root of racism, Lord, which exists in the human heart, because outside of Christ, we are prone to that. So let the cross that a cross be the cure today. We ask it in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and for his glory. Amen. Let us pray as we close the service. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling, 
and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory. To the only wise God be dominion, majesty, power, and glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. We, we gather here next week again for another broadcast, online broadcast, and we pray that this broadcast would be a blessing to you and to those who will hear it. In Jesus' name. Our recession only hymn is number 413. <laughs>
Go in peace and serve the Lord.